We're birthing Christians who will boldly stand and declare, Thus saith the Lord, under the power and the unction of the Holy Ghost, empowered by the Spirit of God to boldly declare, without apology or reservation, the King of glory is coming. I said, The King is coming. The King is coming. I can hear the trumpet sounding, and soon his voice I will see. Where are the voices crying out in the wilderness? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Church, hear me now, loud and clear. The second coming of Christ is about to be here. Wake up out of your sleep, all your lamps, trim your wicks, because behold, the bridegroom cometh at an hour when you think not. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Hallelujah. Because just about any day now, that trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then those who remain will be caught up in the air with him. Church, we're going back home. And the devil is going back to hell. Come on, somebody. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. If God used prophets then, he can use prophets now. Prophets to prophesy of his coming, to speak warnings. Speaking of his direction, speaking of his corrections, the clarion call is not a call to a specific denomination, gender, race, or culture. It's a call for the body of Christ to enter to the presence of Lord. It's not a call to have just a moment in his presence to come into a service like today and then leave unchanged. The clarion call this hour in time is for people to come permanently into the presence, not just temporarily. Not just have an event or a weekly service, but to have a life-changing experience in his presence. Now, I don't know what today's going to end up to be for you, whether it's simply going to be another service or an encounter with God. That's up to you. I can't make nobody come and have an encounter with God on this August 7, 2022, but I can guarantee you one thing, that if you don't, You'll wake up the same way on Monday, August the 8th, 2022, just as you was on Sunday when you could have experienced a life-changing moment. Sir, ma'am, it's up to you. You can remain lethargic if you want to. You can keep on procrastinating. You can keep on surrendering. You can keep on compromising if you want to. It just means you didn't hear the call because today was the call. Hallelujah. Now, we can keep doing church like we always have. We can keep having services, or we can start having encounters with God. Now, I ain't got nothing to do with it but just to preach it. It's not about you responding to me because I'm preaching. Don't let that stop you. It's about you responding to the call. That call was made for the people of Israel to examine their lives. And God wants the days of just getting high on the word and having a moment not having the power to be over, church. It don't mean anything, mean anything if you can speak in tongues and you're still the biggest gospel in the church. It don't mean anything if you can worship here, but you can't never sing a praise out there. Until your worship breaks out through a purification of your spirit, it's nothing more than your flesh singing a good song. Until we truly enter into the presence of God, we're operating outside the realm of the Spirit. And we're doing nothing more than just making a lot of noise like brass tinkling in the wind. God is shifting the church. And he's pointing us into a new dimension for those who will enter into his presence. Who will respond to the call. Just maybe the reason the world's not responding to the church as it should is because the noise they're hearing from the church is simply the noise of religion. 
It's not a noise of purification made out of genuine transformation. This generation is sick of the fluff and the fame. They're ready for the fire and the flame. Hallelujah. They're not impressed with how you dress. They're not drawn to a personality. They're not seeking a feeling. They're seeking God in an authentic move of his spirit. Come on, church. While the church of today is considering to compromise biblical standards to reach the world, that's why we got so much of the world in the church. But the true church is not willing to compromise one iota of the word of God to reach the world. The real church is more interested in changing the world through the uncompromisable biblical standards set by God, framed by our forefathers, the fathers of the faith. Now, let's be honest. Until the church is willing to consecrate itself, there will be no power, just a lot of noise and a spiritual mirage, meaning it appears to look like something it's supposed to be, but it's not really real. It's just a figment of your imagination. And that will never make a demon tremble or leave. It'll never cause a blind man to see. It'll never bring you the victory. Hallelujah. Now, y'all might not like what I'm fixing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. The world's gone crazy. And the anti-spirit is surging. And we're getting all fired up, ready to fight. But we ain't ready for this fight if we're not consecrated. We won't win this world fighting in the flesh. What we are facing is a flesh and blood fight. We are facing the greatest spiritual fight of our lives, church. In our flesh, we're fighting the wrong fight, the wrong enemy. We're consumed with fighting with each other. Everybody's angry, even people in the church. And we're spreading discard among the brethren, bringing division. And a divided house cannot, will not, and shall not stand. The clarion calls for repentance and consecration. Every great move of God began with it. Now let me give, go to the book of Leviticus for just a moment. There is a pattern that is written for the process of sanctification that applies still today. In Leviticus chapter 8, let's see what the Spirit of God is trying to tell us. We need to hear from God from these last days, amen? How many know God even still speaks today? And that he's given his bodies and directions in this hour of our confusion. Chapter 8 in Leviticus, the Lord told Moses, go and take Aaron and his sons with him and their garments, the anointing oil, a bull for a sin offering, and two rams and a basket of unleavened bread. He had Moses wash Aaron and his sons with water. He then dressed them in their priestly garments. Then he poured oil on Aaron's head to anoint him. Then he took the oil and anointed the tabernacle and everything in it. He sprinkled some of the oil even on to the altar. Then he offered the bull as a sin offering. Then he took the two rams. The first one he used it as a burnt offering. He had Aaron and his sons put their hands on the head of the ram, and Moses killed it. Then he took the blood and sprinkled it on the altar. Then he burnt the first ram on the altar. And then he took the second ram. Again, Aaron and his sons held his head, and Moses killed it. But this time, he took some of the blood, and he put it on Aaron's right ear. Do you know all these things were done as a process of purification and consecration? So let's look just a little closer. The first ram, he sprinkled his blood on the altar for the sins of the people, signifying to us the importance of the blood of the lamb and what it can do for our sins and what the purpose of the altar is for and how important it is still today. 
Now, people say, I went to the altar once when I first got saved. No, 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 no. It's more important than that. You got to keep going to the altar. The altar isn't just a place for baby saints. The altar is a place for brokenness. The altar is for the person who recognizes there are still things in them that God still needs to purify. And it doesn't matter if I'm a preacher, a teacher, or simply a Walmart greeter. I still need time at the altar allowing the blood of the Lamb to sanctify me. I still need to meet with God to repent, to plead, to present a need at an altar. Then he takes the second one. He takes the blood to anoint Aaron's right ear. Now, then why did God have him do that? So that his ears can be purified to where he can truly hear from God. Oh, come on now. There's a lot of voices in the world. There's a lot of noise. And you can't hear with clarity unless your ears are purified. In other words, they got to be cleaned out. For some people, there ain't nothing in their ears sanctified. They've been infiltrated with the gossip and the slander and cursing and immoral noises for so long to where God's voice can't get through the noise. we got people saying things they think they heard, but they aren't really sure they heard it. Now, what do I mean? There's so many people in this hour running around saying, God said this, and God said that, and God told me to tell you this. How is it God's talking that much to you about everyone else, and you ain't even been in an altar in six months? If you're going to throw tomatoes, make sure you take them out of the can. How is it? You always got something to tell everyone else what God said about them. Always got a word for someone. Listen, when you really start hearing from the Lord, can I tell you from experience, the first conversation God will have with you will be about you and what you need to do. There's so many people needing to hear from God. You've heard from everybody else because you've talked to everybody else but God. And the only way you're going to be able to hear from God is you're going to have to get back on the altar and let God anoint your ears so you can hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you and to the church. And the Lord's not meeting you at the altar just to take away from you the stuff you're trying to give him. He's also trying to take away the stuff you're trying to hide from him as well. Oh, I'm preaching better than anybody in here saying today. Everything that you got in you that needs to go because it ain't holy has to go through the blood at the altar. It has to pass through the blood of the Lamb so you may be cleansed. Church, we've got to sanctify and consecrate ourselves if we're going to hear and answer the clarion call. If we're going to be prepared for the second coming of Christ, the end time message is not money is coming. The end time message is Jesus Christ is coming. And instead of you worrying yourself about getting a new car and a new house and a new boyfriend, you better be worrying about getting a new heart and the right spirit at this hour. What good is a new car if your spirit ain't right? What good is a new house if your spirit ain't right? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world only to lose your soul? Ain't nothing wrong with having things as long as things don't have you. Anything that becomes before your relationship with God is an idol. Now, I know holiness preaching is not popular anymore. But without preaching it, we're hiding the truth. How am I so confident of this? 
Because Hebrews 12 and 14 declared, without holiness, no man shall see God. It's time to get right with God. Why? Because I hear a rustling in the mulberry trees. Because I see a cloud about the size of a man's fist. Because I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Because I see prophecy after prophecy being fulfilled. Because I see demons manifesting and tormenting. Because I hear of rumors and rumors of war. Because I hear the earth groaning. And because I hear God saying, the hour is at hand, blow the shofar. There is a clarion call to the church. Hallelujah. There is an urgency to call for the assembling of the saints because the finest hour for the church is this hour in time. Come on, somebody, come on. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. Praise ye the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise him in this sanctuary. Praise him in the permanent of his power. Somebody praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of a trumpet, with a flute and a harp and a timbrel, with a dance. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Come on, you can do better than that. Stand to your feet. You're in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Maybe see that. I don't know if I can preach all this. This heavy stuff. <laughs> Here we are. We're asking God for holy stuff, but we're unclean. And yet we wonder why we ain't receiving nothing. We need to be praying, God, create in me a clean heart and clean hands, begging God to not take your spirit from me. I'm just trying to say, I don't care how old you are or how long you've been saved. It's time to take a spiritual bath today. It's not a time to prophesy houses and cars. That's not a spirit of a true prophet in these end times. The true spirit of prophets tried to bring you to the knowledge that you need God more today than you ever have. And a real prophet will tell you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all this other stuff will be added unto you. If all you want is the gifts and not the giver, you better start believing in Santa Claus again. For those who truly want God, then start chasing him. We better quit thinking so highly of ourselves. When was the last time we laid hands on the blind and their eyes opened? When was the last time you cast a demon out of someone? We've got to find our way back into the presence of God if we're going to operate in his power. But we'll never get behind the veil if we ain't willing to enter into his presence and sanctify and consecrate ourselves for we can enter. You see, God can't understand why we'll spend two hours getting ready to come to church, listen to 10 minutes of announcement, listen to 30 minutes of worship, and then sit and listen to a preacher preach for 45 minutes, but we refuse to spend any more than five minutes in an altar in his presence because we yearn more to hear from a man more than we yearn to hear from God. Am I right? Oh, I'm sorry if y'all ever hold me, heard me. I was just talking to myself. I didn't realize the mic was on just then. Maybe you won't be so mad at me. Well, we're missing it too often, consecrating ourselves. 
is we want to be consecrated for God to do something for me more than I want him to do something in me. Hmm. When was the last time, or have you ever knelt at an altar before him and said, God, I'm not getting up until you show me everything that is in me that doesn't please you. We're not ready for the glory until we consecrate ourselves. To consecrate ourselves is to make a commitment to live holy, to serve the Lord. David found that out when he took 30,000 men and went after the Ark of the Covenant, known to house the glory. He wanted the glory. He thought he was ready for it. But he found out the day that he wasn't. They went to Abinadad's house, loaded up on a new cart, and they began to move it. But when the ox stumbled that was carrying the Ark, and Uzzah touched the Ark that was holy, when he wasn't consecrated, he died. Not only did he die, the move of God died. And it still will today. If we try to touch something holy and we aren't consecrated. Oh. David became angry. David realizing he nor his people were ready to house God's glory. So he sent the ark away to a place that was ready for it. Obadiah's house was prepared for the glory. How do I know that? God began to bless their, bless their socks off. It had been going on for three months when word finally got to David of their experiences. Upon David hearing it, grew more and more eager to have what Obadiah had. He asked, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? Upon seeking the Lord and committing to the process that was necessary to house the glory where his flesh wouldn't kill it, but to where he, this time he could experience it, David, after repenting, first, placed a, first prepared a place for it. Then he began to sanctify and consecrate not only himself, but all the people as well. He told the priests to sanctify themselves. Because no man can carry the ark but the Levites. The priests were to carry it on their shoulders, not on a cart. And he told the people, because their first time they didn't first consult God about the proper order, about the process, God broke out against us. He told them all to sanctify themselves. He even told the musicians. He told the singers. He even told the doorkeepers, sanctify yourselves. And upon doing so, this time when they went to Obedian's house to bring it home, because of their preparation, the glory came back to Jerusalem. David learned through this experience, if you truly want to have a move of God, if you truly want the glory of God to come back to your house, the whole body must be sanctified and consecrated. It must be holy if it wants to touch something holy. And God is looking for places to deposit his glory to even today. But there must be a preparation by the people. You might ask Joshua about the importance of being sanctified and consecrated. After Moses' death, he was chosen to lead the people to the promised land, a land that was known to be full of giants. When they crossed over the Jordan, the first city God wanted to give them was the Jericho. But they had a problem. They hit a wall. The city was surrounded by a wall. They couldn't get in. They asked God, how are we going to take this city? I've heard that a lot lately. He had a plan for them if they would obey. He said, take the seven priests and give them all a ram's horn. Have them walk before the ark and then have the people follow them. And walk around the city once for six days and don't say a word. And then God said, on the seventh day, 
march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, then shout. And when they did, the walls of the city came down and they took the city. You're talking about some voices having power. Unlike today, it seems we shout and we shout and nothing happens. Walls don't fall. Cities aren't being won. What's the difference between now and then? They were sanctified and consecrated before they ever went to fight for the city. Hallelujah. Joshua had them consecrate themselves while they were still in the desert. Now that right there would preach. Oh, that would preach. While we're up in here trying to have church without being holy, that's why we can't bring down the walls of the city. God has promised us. Or the walls in your life that you have built. We're quoting scriptures and we're even posting them on social media. But where is the power of our voices? There won't be none until your voice is consecrated. You preach the word. Then preach the word under the anointing of God and you will see a difference. There's a difference between being a motivational speaker and being a Holy Ghost-filled preacher. Hallelujah. When you're sanctified and consecrated, your voice will be like that of a trumpet of God, loud and clear, and walls will come down. That's why it's so important to be sanctified. If we're truly going to have the power to get over something, to get through something, to speak to some things, to tear down some things, without being sanctified and consecrated, we aren't going to have no power. Ah, oh, but we can still make a lot of noise. But we can't move the ark. Why? Because our flesh will keep getting in the way, killing the move of God. What am I saying? If we truly want to move a God, if we truly want to tear down some walls, if we truly want to win this city, if we truly want to receive what God has promised us, if we want our shout to truly have power, if we want our worship to move things, then as a body, we have to be sanctified and consecrated. Just how bad do we want it? There's a clarion call going out. It's a clear call for repentance. Sin has brought a reproach to our nation, church, and it takes righteousness to exalt a nation. God sent Jonah to the wicked city of Nineveh. And through that one man's obedience to preach a message of repentance, and by the response of repenting, a whole nation was spared. And let me tell you, in his flesh, he didn't want to do it. But God brought him to an understanding in the spirit of the necessity of it. Can I tell you today, I didn't want to preach this, but God brought me to an understanding in my spirit of the necessity, necessity of it at this hour in which we are living. We all are needing something from God, but are we willing to make the sacrifice needed to receive it? I say to the walls of your life, today it's time to tear them down. Hallelujah. Matt's been sounding the call through a shofar. There's something special about a shofar. Do you know how they make a shofar? First of all, in order to make that thing that a sound comes out of holy, it had to be cut away from something that had already been offered as a sacrifice to God. 
That's why they burned a ram upon the altar as a sacrifice and ate it for a consecration. And upon doing so, then they would remove its horns to make a shofar. Y'all better listen up. To make a shofar, first thing had to be done was a sacrifice had to be made. Then the horns had to be cut away from the ram's head. When you are sanctified, there's a cutting away that has to take place. So that when you offer up a sacrifice of praise, it's coming out of a righteous spirit from someone who's been sanctified. Otherwise, you're just making a lot of noise. Then you had to boil the horns. And then you had to be, they had to be gutted out. Then they're put under pressure. And while it's under pressure, it's drawn through the fire. And in doing so, the shofar was consecrated and prepared to be used for the service to God. The shofar was often used to signal the saints together to hear what the voice of God is saying at that hour as the priest or the prophet would declare. Today, we have sounded the shofar. And church, the clarion call is today. The voice of God is saying to the church, sanctify and consecrate yourself. What's the difference between sanctify and consecrate? To sanctify yourself is to make yourself holy. And to consecrate yourself is to make a commitment and declare to God, I'm going to remain holy. Therefore, God is calling for you to bring yourself to an altar for a time of repentance that will lead you to becoming sanctified and consecrated. God is saying repent so that the times of refreshing may come. We'll not see his glory until, we're, until we enter into his presence, and we cannot enter into his presence until we've been sanctified and consecrated ourselves. That's why there's, not a, there's a lot of noise in the church and nothing's changing. We've got to get righteous. To be righteous means simply to be right with God. Don't come in here asking God for a holy move if you ain't right. Because your flesh, just like others, will kill the move of God. And if God can't move in here because of a lack of sanctification, he'll move over there in somebody else's house that's ready to get real with God so God can get real with them. Anytime before you enter into the presence of God, repentance ought to be your first priority. Because when you get sanctified and consecrated, God will. I said, God will. God will. God will what? Open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you can't even contain. You can't explain it. You can't fake it. You can't even make it up. Now, I'm fixing to give one of the hardest altar calls there is to give in the church in these last days. At a time when there's so much compromise and worldly influence in the church. How many know God's got to clean up the church before we can help clean up the world? And giving an altar call like this in an hour when everybody thinks they're okay is challenging. Altar calls like I'm fixed to make are often avoided. But before I give the call, I just want to remind us, our righteousness in God's presence will always appear as filthy rags. And too often we have justified our actions and weighed them against modern churchology and man's acceptance. You may look pretty good in your mirror. I mean, look at you. All dressed to kill, styling, profiling, posting scriptures on Facebook. And don't forget all the accolades you receive for your many gifts and talents. They must prove something for you. But let me say to you, you may look pretty good compared to others which is always the gravest mistake to compare yourself to others. But how do we look when we compare ourselves to God? 
How do we look when we're in his presence? When the blinds are all pulled back, God doesn't judge the outward. He judges the inward. You may not think he sees it, but God sees all the hidden things. Even under that stuff that's hid under a three-piece suit. He sees all the stains. But I am thankful that the Bible declares, he that has begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. According to that scripture, we're a work in progress. None of us arrive. Never will until he arrives. Every day, if we'll let him, he's creating us more and more into his image. It's a process. There are so many things we do and excuse that aren't pleasing to God. Things we do at times, we're not even aware of the degree of our actions. You know, so many times I've been in prayer, and God will speak to me of the things I need to change. He's always done me like this. Randy, you need to change this. Okay, and I'll work on it then. Okay, God, I got it. Listen, Randy, you need to change this. Okay, God, I'll work on it then. Okay, okay. Okay, God, I got it. Randy, you need to work on this and this and this. And he's never stopped asking me to work on something. I was sitting in my office late Friday night. And as I was sitting there, sitting and listening to God put this message into my spirit, Convicting power of the Holy Ghost began to move upon me. With such an urgency, I got out of my chair. I made my way into this sanctuary, and I found myself at altar right about there. And I began to ask God, God, is there anything in me? And God begins to show me things which led me into a time of a prayer of repentance. Now, they weren't big things. They were a bunch of little things. But the little things were a big thing to God. And he reminded me, Randy, it's the little foxes that destroy the vine. And that night, I took a spiritual bath. And when I got up, I never felt so clean in such a mighty long time. Let me tell you how to find out this morning how you compare, how you size up, how you can see if you're really okay. Come to this altar when I call you into the presence of God. Then see how you match up to his righteousness. And if you see yourself differently then, if God brings things to your remembrance, then your first response should be repentance if my musicians would come. Today, God is calling the whole church, the whole church to a time of repentance. And God is calling for you to come find a place to pray and to repent for yourself. And if not for you, then repent for our nation. Where are the intercessors? Every single one of us without exception, have got something in us, whether big or little, that needs to come out of us, none of us have arrived. So can we take this moment this morning as a body, and let's do this together, come to an old-fashioned altar, and ask God, is there anything in me that you want to take out of me?
so you can consecrate me. Come and make a commitment to sanctify and consecrate ourselves so we may see the glory of God's manifestation in our presence. It's time to come and let God clean up your mind. Clean the filth out of your ears. Come let him clean the unforgiveness that's in your heart. Clean up your language. Let him rid you of that lying spirit. Let him free you of your bitterness. Let him free you from the pain of your past. Let him free you from your oppression and your depression. Let him sanctify you and set you apart from your sin. And for him to do that, church, it takes repentance. Justification is all about God doing a work in you. But with sanctification, you have a part to play in it. Oh, this today is about being real. Not sitting up in here and thinking, you're better than everyone else. I don't need none of this. I'm okay. Are you really? Then come and ask him. Ask him, God, is there being anything clean in me? Show me. Show me what's hidden. Cry out for yourselves, for your family, for this nation, for the lost souls. We still need altar experiences. Today I've been pleading with you, but now I'm through. The rest of the service is between you and God. I invite the whole congregation to answer the clarion call and let this be a day of repentance. When Matt sounds this call, this is called the great call. Will you come? I'm calling the whole church. Find you a place to stand or pray in these altars. you come. For those of you that are still out there, would you stand to your feet, please? Right where you're at, you begin to pray and ask God to show you if there's anything in you that you need to change. Be real today. And then repent. Repent for everything. Repent for this nation. And let God begin to tear down walls. And God can't help but bless you. Pray, church. Pray. Pray. Come on, church. Let's pray. Go ahead, John. Come on. The Lord's listening. Lift up your voices. Pray. pray. Come on, church. Are you hurting and broken? is calling Have you come to the end of yourself Do you thirst for a drink from the well Jesus is calling Oh come to the altar
mistakes come today there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling bring your sorrows and trade them for joy from the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling oh come to Without them singing for just a moment, just playing. Would you close your eyes all across this place? The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. He's here to bless you. He's here to love you. He's here to help you today. God loves His people. God's just wanting to minister to you in a very special way today. 
Help bring us to a place where we can see the Shekinah glory of God begin to move in our lives. I believe this day has been a very significant day for the Palace of Praise. Doesn't it feel good when you take a spiritual bath? If so, give God praise for it. You feel all clean? You feel refreshed? You'll sleep better? You've repented? You've been sanctified? Now you must make that commitment to be consecrated to declare that I'm going to live holy. Get ready, church, because I believe today was so significant. I believe there are things that are going to begin to be torn down in people's lives. I believe there are things that are going to begin to be moved in people's lives they've never got to move before. I believe there's changes that are going to be made in your families. I believe there's changes going to be made in somebody's health today. I believe God's going to bless his people for what we've done today. God is pleased with his church today. Now let's give him praise one more time before we leave here today. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.